To stay in shape, you have to hit the pavement. You have to put in some hard work and sweat along the way. Many of the same principles apply when it comes to money. Let's whip that portfolio into shape. It's time for Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of the podcast. It's Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. We're talking uncommon sense this go-around on the show. We're going to talk about some things, uh, some statements I think everybody's going to agree with, yet we tend to do the opposite when we look at actually how we behave with our money and our investing. So we're calling this uncommon sense. What's going on, Cal? How are you? Doing well. Just heating up here in Kansas City and kind of ready to you know, get outside more, stay outside. It's just a little bit hard when we've been cooped up with two kids under two. So yeah. you can only last so long out there. True. Very true. So... uh we're ready to get out there, though. There you go. Yeah, it's a, you know, I imagine that's probably a handful, right? Because they, you know, with the sun and hot days, you got to be very careful with the little ones and all that good stuff. So yeah, and he just gets to you too. So good stuff indeed. Well, hopefully you guys will be able to enjoy some more of that here coming soon. And like I said, we're going to talk about some statements I got here, Kyle. Again, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with these. So let's jump in and talk about them. And maybe you can tell us why we do this or, or some things to ponder and think about. And I think all of these really are a good reminder that having a financial professional in your corner can really help because often we're our own worst enemy with most of these. So buy low and sell high. We'll start with a classic. You won't find a single person that disagrees with that theory. We employ it in all kinds of places, not just investing. But it seems like when we come to investing, man, we just tend to do the opposite. We just, you know, I don't know. We're just our own worst enemy. Like I said, why is that? Well, the main reason is just a kind of emotion, I guess. You know, or it's fear of missing out type of deal. We have FOMO of you know, <laughs> right. watching the really the financial media is our worst enemy. Um, That's true. If you kind of compare, you know, how it is now versus how it was like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, you got your Twitter, your Instagrams, your TikToks, and then you got, you know, everything is accessible on your phone versus, you know, and there's just so much stuff out there where we have that fear of missing out and our emotion comes in because we truly don't understand how we're invested and why we're invested the way we are. Um, so you're kind of rolling that, you're riding that roller coaster of, of emotion. And then when you look at your phases of you know, your, your investing life, when you talk about accumulation, really that's you know, 20, 30, 40 years of you really every two weeks, you're you know, dumping money into your employer plan, they're matching it. And that's really what we call like dollar cost averaging, mm -hmm. where you are buying, you're not so much selling, sometimes you are, but you're buying at highs and lows, which is kind of the easier part. Um, and then some of us might freak out when there's a market dip and we end up selling high or low um, because we fear of you know bleeding losses going on. Uh, we don't understand the time horizon of when we're actually going to need the money. Where this more happens is where we're done with accumulation and we're kind of moving into retirement or in retirement. And now, you know, we're not funding the accounts anymore. So in return, you're actually doing a reverse dollar cost average. Gotcha. This is when you are actually selling high and selling low because the markets are going to go up and down, but you don't have a true plan on, you know, when the markets are up or down, you know, where am I pulling money from? So again, that emotion kicks in and it's just a theory of, over time, that could actually hurt your long-term performance. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, again, that's why we're kind of our own worst enemy, right? So having somebody to, when you come in and say, hey, it's really falling, I want to get out, get me out of this now. You can say, well, hold on, pump the brakes. That's what an advisor can do. Let's talk through it. Let's see if that's the right move before we just jump off the cliff here and vice versa when trying to say, oh, I got to get in on crypto because Elon said this or whatever, right? And then 
depending on what week you got into it on, you may have lost your shirt or you may have gained a ton. But so again, yeah, it's all. And it's, I had a conversation with uh, someone recently that wasn't really a client yet, but was mm-hmm. in the process. And they're like, well, you know, the markets are at highs. Don't you think I should just kind of keep everything in cash and wait for the drop? And I go, yeah, if I had a crystal ball, that would make sense. But, you know, we don't know if there's another 20% upside, you know, left in the year or if it's going to drop 40%. So that's kind of why we, per- I personally use a bucket system to kind of, you know, buy time to let something recover if it does drop. Right, right. Yep, I agree with you. All right, so that's the first one. Let's go to the second one here. Uh, don't pay more in taxes than we have to. Again, kind of a duh thing, right? We'd all we'd agree with that. Nobody's probably volunteering to sign up to pay extra taxes, holding up a sign that says, pick me and paying more money. So why do we tend to do that? And often we do see this retir- with retirees. We're not being as tax efficient as we could be. Yeah, th- this is the number one mistake I see pre-retirees typically making is we really are... Like I said, we're accumulating assets. We're so focused on what stocks and bonds to pick and mutual funds or what's the best way of investing. We tend to overlook the importance of tax efficiency in retirement. We really become tax filers. We focus on tax prep instead of tax planning. How do I pay the least amount now in exchange? Does it actually hurt me in the future? Um, Let's say if taxes go up or on social security taxes, everything's in my 401ks or IRAs. And kind of why that is, is because it's not, it's not, it's kind of the follow the herd mentality of, oh, don't worry when you retire, you'll pay less taxes. But what happens is we're kind of into a a theory now where we actually might end up paying more taxes in retirement than we need to. Mm -hmm. And that's really on the social security taxation and your IRA taxation of if you keep waiting too long and money's forced to come in and taxes go up, that money is going to be worth less. Uh, so that's it's a very overlooked is the tax planning, which creates tax efficiency with your money. And you know the government has the one way they want you to do it. And that's typically, we're still going to be tax filers in retirement and probably end up paying more, in other words, probably more than we, we, we need to. Um, yeah. And the, really what I'm talking about is proper Roth conversions, Roth funding, um, different ways of uh, maybe getting tax-free income in. Yeah. And of course, they want us to hopefully, you know, just kind of do the basics and and maybe pay more than we need to because they certainly need money. And we're seeing rule changes or potential rule changes to affect that. And we will do another show about that, I'm sure. Uh, We've talked about that before in the past. But for now, we'll keep talking about this uncommon sense. Keep costs low. Uh, I'll circle back to that sort of a, a little bit with the buy low, sell high. You know, we, we bargain shop, right? We, you know, buy one, get one free or a 50% off sale or something like that. And so we all think in that mentality of we want to keep our costs down because that helps us save money. But with our investments, again, same kind of thing. We Maybe we think we're getting low costs and we really find out that we're not. And often that's the case too. People wind up having more fees in some of the products they have and they just aren't aware of it. Correct. And the, what I always tell people is cost is important, but if something's cheaper or lower cost, it doesn't mean it's better. Uh, than something that might have a higher fee or a higher cost. If you're going to be paying for something, where what do you get in return? What's the alpha? Right. You know, I could I could show you year by year examples of something that had a higher fee, where it outperformed 10x versus the one with the lower fee. I could also show you show you examples of something with a really really low fee or no fee. Right. Maybe you have an individual stock where there's no fees inside the account that we're out, we're way better than something that had a high fee associated with the fund. So 
it's kind of finding that right balance. Like cheaper does not mean better, especially in life. I've I found like if I go cheap on something, I typically regret it in a couple oh, of years. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's really kind of the same way with investing. Like don't go all cheap, but you kind of have the goal is to keep the cost as low as possible. That's best for you and your situation. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And a lot of times we t- when we do that, we try to go cheap. Uh, yeah, we definitely pay for it later. Or if we try to force something in or rush something, uh, and then, you know, like if you're building something or fixing something, then often you have to go back and fix it later and it costs more money. And so, yeah, definitely the case there. Uh, so we were talking a little bit about the diversification aspect and, you know, we could pull out the grandma thing and say, don't pull all your eggs in one basket. We all know this to be true, but many people will come in, let's say prospective clients or, you know, folks that uh, haven't worked with an advisor before, they'll walk in and say, hey, I've got 10 mutual funds, so I'm good and diversified, right? And you have to go through and take a look at this. And most of the time, they're not. Yeah. Diversification is probably the most overused word in the financial industry. You know, Typically, if you look at a, a diversified portfolio, it's really it's kind of failed its two biggest tests ever, which was the financial crisis back in 08, 09, um, and then the dot-com in 02 and 03. Diversification does work in a bull market, but it kind of fails in the bear market. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, the way people look at diversifying is it could be I have a hundred different funds in a hundred different places. I read this one book and it said to have eight, you know, funds of large cap, mid cap, whatever it is, whatever the theory is out there. To me, diversification could become too cookie cutter, um, especially in a low interest rate environment in a high equity, high volatility market. But again, don't put your all eggs in all in one basket, you know. I want to look at being risk diversified and um, doesn't mean you can't have all of your money at like, let's say TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab or something. It's basically just meaning, hey, don't have 80% of your money in your company stock inside your 401k, right? Even Mm -hmm. though it's been going up for 10 years straight, that's kind of where you could fall into trouble is too much as in one individual fund. I've also seen a lot of over diversification where people own, like we mentioned, 20, 30, 40, 50 funds, but (laughs) half of it's kind of the same thing um, and it's kind of slowing them down. Yeah. And especially in that situation, a lot of times you see that overlap where you've got, you know, someone's got basically 10, 20 versions of the same exact stock. And, you know, if they're all doing great, if that stock's up, well, then sure, that that might seem fine. But when they also fall, they all fall together. So you're not really trying to, you, you need to have, different monies that are, when some things are up, some things are down and vice versa. And that way you're kind of trying to achieve that uh, long-term goal as well. And that really just kind of brings us back around to the final piece. And that's just the overall market timing conversation option of it. You know, I kind of joked about the Bitcoin thing. People are like, you know, or or crypto, we'll just call it crypto in general, because it's like, I want to jump in on some of this and then something gets tweeted and it skyrockets. And then two days later, something gets tweeted and it falls through the floor. And so it's virtually impossible to do this. When we're talking about pre-retirement and retirement, if you're not long-term minded, you know, it's probably going to be not the retirement that you wanted. If you're trying to time the market, odds are you're going to be wrong more than you're right because you don't know the news before the news knows it. And all these experts out there is kind of saying what's going on and this is the way to do it. You actually have a philosophy. That's why we use the bucket plan approaches. We have money we need sooner and money we need later. And if we need to buy time, the later bucket kind of buys that time where, you know, we could stay invested the entire time. And if the markets are going down, there's a plan to kind of buy low to kind of reap the reward of doing it. But again, if you're going to have a plan for retirement, you need to be long-term minded and not trying to time the market 
um, because odds are you're going to be wrong more times than you are right. I, sometimes I'll talk about the fact that, you know, if you're playing golf, if you like to play golf and you hit that par three and you actually get like maybe the best shot ever you get, for, of your life, you get it right up to the cup or maybe you even get lucky and get a hole in one. You kind of get this false sense of, yeah, I got this figured out. And you start kind of riding this high. Same kind of thing, I think, with investing. If you get one that you, and you knock it out of the park you wind up kind of getting this feeling like maybe you can do more of that. And if you're a retiree or a pre-retiree, that's okay, I guess, if it's speculative money, but you can't, you just can't go risking the whole thing on that. Yeah. It's, it's market timing and just like fund timing and fund picking like, Hey, I'm looking at this fund at this institution here and it's done 13% the last 10 years and 20% the last year, you know, that fund could be, you know, a lot of bond holdings. And if you look at the 10 year past, it's Mm going to be misleading. Yeah. To future results. Yeah. Fun funds. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, that you have to kind of think about before if you're going to do market timing and stock timing and picking funds like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. Well, there you go. So that's going to be our podcast this week. Uncommon sense. Again, we all agree with these statements. We all know we should buy low and sell high. We all know that we should be you know, better diversified or not try to market time, but yet we tend to try to do these things or don't understand them. So make sure you're talking with a financial professional. Get some help with your situation. You can always reach out to Kyle. He's an investment advisor rep and the president at Mocan Wealth Management. And you can check him out online at mocanwealth.com, M-O-K-A-N wealth.com, or just call him at 913-257-3991. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart. Uh, whatever platforms uh, you know you like to use, you can find that uh, typically on your phones already. If you've got an Apple user, for example, you've got Apple Podcasts on your phone, just type Financially Fit into the search box of that app and you should see us pop right up there. You can subscribe that way as well. well we're going to let you go this week. Thanks for your time, Kyle. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Yep, take care. We'll see you next time here on Financially Fit with Kyle Hammerschmidt. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., RWA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Mocan Financial and RWA are not affiliated. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or to predict future performance. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. This information is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. Please note that Mocan Financial and its affiliates do not give legal or tax advice. You are encouraged to consult your tax advisor or attorney.